Louise Bedford here. Just before we kick off with today's show, I wanted to let you know that for one week only, you can get up to 84% off a selection of my most popular trading education products available through tradinggame.com.au. Make no mistake. Your financial future is in your hands. So check out the audios, videos, and study courses that I have available at tradinggame.com.au. Now's your chance to develop your skills as a trader for up to 84% off, but only for the next week. Let's get on with the show. Hi, I'm Caroline Stephen, financial journalist. In today's episode of Talking Trading, we're taking a special look at the vote which has sent shockwaves around the world. Last Thursday, the people of Great Britain voted in a national referendum to leave the European Union. David Cameron, the British Prime Minister, has resigned and Britain has been left bitterly divided. Why does this event matter to share traders? Well... The Brexit is the biggest news story of this year. And as Chris Tate says later in the show, traders need to stick to their trading plans in the wake of the shockwaves that Brexit has caused. The EU was set up as a reaction to World War II in a bid to integrate Europe and create lasting peace. Free trade among its members was one of its founding principles. And in 1973, Britain joined the EU. In 2002, the euro came into circulation, but Britain chose to remain on the pound. Today, the EU is a collection of 28 countries, soon to be only 27. First up today, we speak to economist and Sky Business News commentator Jonathan Barrett for a look at the effect of the Brexit on the world markets, as well as the geopolitical repercussions of the Brexit in Britain, the EU and Australia. Secondly, we speak to Chris Tate on these same topics and we hear his advice to traders at the moment. Hello, Barrett. Hello and welcome back to Talking Trading. Good morning, Caroline. Last Thursday, the British voted to leave the EU in a referendum which has created shockwaves around the world. Jono, how have the markets reacted to this news? uh, I guess it's something that we actually didn't think uh, we'd actually had to prepare for. When, when you think about it, we just thought it was just one of those events that would actually become a Y2K moment. Uh, lots of hype, nothing coming out. But, but as it panned, they made a decision and uh, we're still reeling of the consequences of it. And when you look around last night, being probably the real true trading with this news, you can see the markets haven't taken too kindly to it. So let's go through some of the markets. Let's look at the pound first. How's that reacted? Well, initially when it came out, the pound dropped quite heavily. In fact, it's still under a lot of pressure. Uh, we dropped from about 150 down to about 130, 131. So it's really eroded about that 89%. So if anything's still under pressure, the market is still um, concerned. Um, even last night, pretty much closed on its lows, right on its lows. So I guess if we take this out, uh, the market will think the pound will go lower. 
that's had repercussions for the US dollar across all currencies. And the US dollar now has been seen as a safe haven. So when you look at it, the uh, US dollar, when you look at the dollar index, the, the I guess the blue chip type of uh, currency, you really see the dollar surge. That's also put our local currency under pressure. And what about gold? The it, gold is, and really it's not picking up as much as a safe haven as is the dollar, which is quite interesting. Although we had a, an initial surge, which was pretty much incredible because I hadn't seen it for many, many years, the price of gold surged at about $100 in the space of about 10 to 15 minutes. It's now steadied off, but we do feel that it'll pick up some more safe haven status as we go through this journey of trying to unwind close to 20, 30 years of uh, membership. And the pound fell to the lowest level in 35 years. Yeah, look, absolutely. And, and I think what you're, you're seeing is this instability where people really didn't think of what was actually going to occur if they did. Um, you've already seen some of the larger banks starting to shift you know, away from London being the centre of finances back into Europe because it's really setting up a different dynamic that we're not used to and that's creating that little bit of concern. What did the FTSE do? Well, I guess when you look at the, the FTSE, still under pressure. Trading around that 6,000, uh, down 128 points. Uh, so the equity markets, people are getting concerned. And when you look around the equity globe or the equity world, you can see that there's still a bit of concern. The Dow last night was off 1.45%, down 253. The DAX was down a further 2%. The CAC was down another 2%. So you can really get a sense that people are not sure. So they're basically taking money out of the markets and heading to the safety of either US dollar or cash. Johnny, let's talk about the socio-geopolitical effects of Britain leaving the EU. What are going to be the consequences for Britain? I think that the general consequences are that you you can either say, well, we're trading by ourselves and that's a good thing, um, or how, how, how will we be affected by moving away from Europe? But you think there's just a channel between the two. My view at the end of the day is they will continue to trade, but we're still working out the rules on how we will trade. Now, that will take time. But at the end of the day, you've got a very large economy and another very large economy just across the channel. And they've been doing business with, for such a long time together that I don't see that will change. Um, but I think the, the way it will change and what will happen will be interesting because it gives the, gives the means for other countries within the EU then to make the decisions to leave, and it could actually suggest that the EU will not be as strong as it was. And I think if the process becomes not, not much of a concern, then you'll see other lesser economies within the EU actually move out, and that could weaken the whole EU movement. That's something which we're pretty close to looking at. And that was my next question, the effect that Brexit will have on the EU. So some smaller countries you think will leave... I, I think they will look at they won't leave because it's a big thing, but when you when you look at it, they will see if the British um, of Britain leaving has created a concern, and if they say there's no concern, then they probably will leave. But if it's a headache, then they'll probably look for the comfort of Brussels. Um, and I think a lot of people are saying that, look, Brussels is good for Europe, let's keep it there. Um, Britain's just outside of it. It was always a bit of a, a concern that you have one huge economy here and another huge economy there. So, yeah, a little bit of an issue, but let's just see how it unfolds. Still, very liquid moment. Do you think the Brits made a mistake? Um, I, I think they, they did. 
Um, but I also know what the Brits are like. You know, they, they felt that they were actually losing as much control as they had. Now, remember, London has been a financial centre, you know, for many, many years. And I think a lot of that consolidated even by the fact that they became a member. Um, so I think there will be some issues when people start, particularly finance areas, say, well, we're not going to be in Britain, we're going to move to Brussels now because that's the epicentre of everything. So still some concerns to have there. Um, but at the end of the day, I still believe that if you believe that you'd like to do business with someone, you will continue. And if the Brits have got something that the Europeans want, they will buy it from it and vice versa. Okay, so what are going to be the consequences for Australia? It's a trade thing as well, because now we'd have to go through and reevaluate all our general trades and tariffs and things like that. Remember the EU had its whole board of these things which were all organised, so we knew who we were trading with. Um, now we've actually got to go through and reorganise everything. You know, what sort of tariffs have we got? What borders? All these things. So, so it might take some time. It might also open up a better market for Australia. There was one particular company, an Indian company, to basically said it was a, a, a win for them that they actually moved out because it allowed them to move better products into Britain without all the consequences of EU membership. So it's still early days, but at the end of the day, I don't think it's going to mean too much to Australia other than that the pound is weak, the dollar is firm, the Aussie is weak, and at the end of the day, that could be good for our exports. Do you think it's the beginning of the demise of the greatness of Great Britain? I, I don't think it is. I, I, think that, I, I think that at the end of the day, you know, there's a lot of things that, that Great Britain has done. Um, but I do think there are issues now which will start to unfold, which could actually start to etch out uh, the strength. I mean, if you look at what's happening in Scotland at the moment, where they're saying, well, hang on, we want to be members of the EU. Does that mean what happens here? Can we veto this, 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 this vote? Um, in all these things which are now uncertainty, which we, don't, which, we, which we have in the marketplace, but at the end of the day, that uncertainty unleashes um, uh, an area of, hey, look, I'm not going to go out and spend or buy money anymore. So when you look outside the square and where the economies were going and hopefully improving, we have a higher propensity now to slip back into a recession because people around the world are unsure about how they're going to spend and what they're going to spend it on. Okay, so let's look at opportunities that you might be looking at in the wake of the Brexit. What have you got your eye on? Look, I guess whilst we've got this instability, um, you know, one has to look at either the dollar or gold. I, I, I certainly feel that it's probably wise to remain a little bit shorter on some equities, just in case and go to cash on some. Um, I, I think when I look further down the track, if confidence is hurt, that will hurt, I think, uh, the equity sector. And uh, as a result of that, it might hurt sort of more of the mining sector, um, you know, the retail sector. So if anything, the longer it drags on, the worse it will probably get. So in my mind, I think it's probably wise to either put on some short equity trades or take out some equity puts, uh, you know, for the 6 to, to 8 to 12 months uh, period. John O'Barrett, thank you for your time. No problems, Caroline. Good to be with you. Hi, I'm Tom Basso, and I enjoy listening to Talking Trading. Chris Tate, hello, and welcome to Talking Trading. Hi, Caroline. Chris, what do you think the consequences are going to be for Britain leaving the EU? One, one of the issues that this has highlighted is that we now live in very much a globalised society. And what you've seen occurring in Britain is very much a rejection of that. 
a pushback against this notion of globalisation. The problem with that is that the genie is already out of the bottle. We have free movement of information and ideas. And as much as you might want to push back from that and hark back to what you perceive to be a different time, there's not a lot you can do about that. And the great problem the English have now is that the leave remain divide. The differential between the votes is very, very small. But you also have the issue that Scotland and Ireland voted to remain with the EU. So the notion of a United Kingdom is now very much a false state because Scotland and Ireland will leave. Do you think this is the demise of the greatness of Great Britain? I think that actually began at the end of the Second World War, and this is really just a a continue on. My family's English, so I'm very familiar with the country. The difference in the structure of the vote, it was largely old people who voted to leave. But the intriguing thing is they're harking back to a Britain that in their own minds never existed. The empire ceased to exist largely at the end of the First World War and completely collapsed at the end of the Second. If you spent any time in Britain post-Second World War, you would have known that they still had rationing. Their economy was wrecked by the Second World War. They've only just, this century, made the last reparations payment for loans made to them by the US to fund the Second World War. Britain of the 60s and 70s was an awful place. And it's really just come to prosperity through being a part of the EU. It has. The Europeans have dragged them along and opened all these markets to them, opened free movement of people. And there are all sorts of hidden consequences that they don't understand. Things like all the English who've now gone to Spain to live, well, that's now going to change. What effects will the Brexit have on the EU? That's an interesting question, uh, simply because there is some talk of a groundswell movement of other nations leaving the EU as well, because the EU has expanded in size dramatically post the breakdown of the Soviet Union. All those Eastern Bloc countries are now vying for membership of the EU. The effect on the EU will probably not be as great as people think. The effect on Britain will be great, but there's a consequence here, and that is that the EU might actually deal quite harshly with Britain under the terms of Article 50 where they withdraw from the EU to dissuade other member nations. So Britain, I think, in many ways will be treated like Greece was. They don't have the power, the heft or the impetus to do anything about that. And the language that the Leavers used was very much the language that Donald Trump uses. That awful nationalistic, make us great again, yada, 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 yada. And a massive divide between blue collar and white collar in the votes. And between young and old. And the interesting thing is the old have voted for a divorce that the young will feel the consequences of. How is Britain going to be affected in terms of trade and trade agreements? They are going to have to renegotiate every agreement they have with the EU. And think of it this way. If you're in a business negotiation and the business you're negotiating with has had a shock that has rocked it to the foundations and you need to renegotiate, they're going to say, uh, we'll pay five and you will say, no, it's ten or you piss off. The negotiations, they're not going to be friendly chats between family members. It is going to be a property settlement during a divorce. Consequences for Australia, what do you see them being? Look, that's a really interesting question. Our trade with Britain is actually quite limited. So the effect on us will be probably quite limited. What it is an issue for, though, is those businesses who set up in London as a gateway to Europe – 
that gateway is now closing. And this has consequences for London because London and New York are always vying to be the financial capital of the world. That, that's completely over for Britain. That will now become Geneva. It won't be London because there's no, there's no reason to be there now. You're not a gateway to anything. If anything, it might actually, many financial centres might actually move to Ireland simply because they will have that gateway to the EU. I can't help but feel so sad about this Brexit. I mean, look, there are some things that do and don't surprise me. One of the things that surprises me is that the pundits got it wrong. But then in part, they didn't really because all they failed to do was underestimate the stupidity of people and how malleable people were to being lied to by the likes of Murdoch's mad press and the UK Independent Party. And the UK Independent Party have had to come back in the past few days and say, well, all these things we said we could do and which might happen are not going to happen because we lied to you. And so you've now got this remorse that's occurring. It's a little bit like a one-night stand that's gone badly. You wake up in the morning and you go, what the hell have I done? Let's go to the markets. What impact is the Brexit going to be having on the markets right now? And I want to look at the pound, the FTSE, the euro markets. In terms of the FTSE, the FTSE is actually only back to where it was two weeks before the vote. So yes, on the day of the vote, it was catastrophic uh, because I think it caught so many people on the hop. The betting markets had the chance of leaving at only 25%. So people had turned themselves in that direction, believing that things would carry on as normal. And they were blindsided by this outlier event. So it did rattle the FTSE. But the issue to remember with the FTSE is it's gone nowhere for the past 15, 16 months. So it's been range bound. If you look at the FTSE historically, the last decent bull market it had, a little bit like us, was 2003-2007. For that, for the intervening seven, eight, nine-year period, you've had small choppy moves up, followed by long periods of choppy sidewaysness. So the FTSE itself, in the short term, has not suffered that badly. And yes, there was a flow onto Europe because the Europeans were caught on the hop as well. What it has hit very, very, very hard is the pound. But again... It's a matter of context. Once every decade, the pound undergoes a midlife crisis and something goes wrong. And it's now undergoing it again. What the future holds is completely unknowable. But Brexit did flow through, particularly into the US, and they got hit very, very hard to the point where futures trading in the S&P 500 was stopped uh, simply because they hit their daily limits and that was the end of it. But... Again, it's all context. The US market has a floor at about 15,500 and upside at about 18. It's, it's sat there for some time and it won't move beyond that. Let's look at the Australian markets. Our market, again, it, it's all context. Our market has effectively gone nowhere for some period of time. And we have to, have to view this within the context of investment choices that people have. The prime investment choice or vehicle for people for the past probably decade has been real estate. Uh, compare the figures. There is about, I think, 1.6 or 1.7 trillion in superannuation, which has been compulsory for everybody now for some time. There's nearly 6 trillion in sort of investment grade real estate properties that mums and dads buy. So you've got a mismatch of the order of four to one. People look to put their funds where they think they're going to get the most return or where there is the most interest. 
The Australian market since the GFC has suffered by comparison to its much larger cousin. And until something happens to redress that, either through consistency of movement in world markets or something happening locally, and it's unlikely we'll have another mining boom and it's unlikely that the banks will continue to boom as they have, then that situation will continue. Now, that's not to say there won't be individual opportunities, but also to accept as a guiding theme that markets go up, markets go down. They surge, they collapse. And the future is completely unknowable. What opportunities are you looking at at the moment, CT, in the wake of the Brexit? At at present, we've had the collapse in the pound, and that's been really quite apparent. But that's been so savage, so volatile. And volatility, remember, is an uncertainty premium. It's a premium the market extracts from people for uncertainty. Once things move beyond my volatility premise, they don't get traded. And that's what's happened with the pound. My focus at present, and which has been so for some time, has not only been in a handful of currencies, but it is also in commodities. I have an initial trigger that's appeared in iron ore. I've got another trigger that's appeared in parts of the soy complex. Still long natural gas. Was long other elements of the energy complex, but that run just seemed to collapse and run into steam completely. Mine has been confined to commodities of late. There hasn't been an equity in the mix for some time or an equity market in terms of an index in that little sort of potpourri for quite a while. Advice to traders this week in the wake of the Brexit. You need a plan. And the the plan must reflect the fact that we as humans evolve not to deal with markets, but rather to deal with very, very slow moving things. And so it, it needs to be tight. And it needs to be so tight that you're removed from the decision-making completely. Any last final comments about the Brit? Other than the fact that I did wake up this morning to the news that Britain had been knocked out of UEFA by the overarching might of Iceland. So it just goes from bad to worse for the poor buggers. (laughs) Chris Tate, thanks for your time. Thanks, Caroline. And that's all we have for you today, guys. Stay tuned next week to hear Barry Burns from Top Dog Trading. I'm Caroline Stephen. On behalf of the team, thanks for your company. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to TalkingTrading.com.au with Caroline Stephen. Make sure you are subscribed to this website to receive the very latest market views, commentary and expert opinion. Tune in next week as we've got a bumper show planned. Bye for now. The views represented on Talking Trading are general in nature and do not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Before acting on any of the information, consider its appropriateness in regard to your own situation.